Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G.K. Wiley and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? You know, I'm, I'm awesome. All my teams are winning, so how are you guys doing? Oh, that was a shot right there at us, Arash. Um, no, I'm great because of the 49ers and their outlook the rest of the year. Um, but, you know, it just it sucks being a Laker fan. It's going to suck for the next 10 years. I mean, I don't know about the 10. I mean, yeah, it we'll will. See. I we'll think see. we've been living. Now, now, it, like the hyperbole is like, I mean, it, it one move changes everything. I mean, 10 years. It is true. Do you know how much can happen in a year? That yes, means, but we'll I think see. we've been too optimistic. Listen, I wasn't. I I never thought that this team was a championship contending team. I said that they were a play-in team, um, and that's still in play. Listen, I I I don't think that the season's done. Yeah, um, I think it's over. I feel you. I feel you. And but, but, but by the way, the one reason I'm happy today is is election day, and that means that following tonight, unless TV networks are going to play like old commercials, and I don't think that's going to be the case. No more props. No more prop commercials. I mean, by the way, the, the big one is uh, <laughs> the big so one is sports gambling. And by the way, like at some point, California is going to get a prop that makes sense for them. But this idea that you know, oh my God, your uh, telephone is a gambling device. Yes, that that is the case in half of the states right now, and it will be the case in the majority of the states. And so, it's not, not going to happen for us feeling, now. But yeah, I have a feeling that won't get past twenty-seven. It no, won't. it's not going to. It won't. It's Why not though? To. Are people dumb? Like, no, I don't get no. It. Here's here's the thing with twenty seven two. If you th- if you, <laughs> it benefits the the person. It benefits DraftKings. It benefits the company. It's not going to benefit the state. So it makes sense for for those that put the prop out there, not for this state. Unfortunately, I think it's also there's something we have to say too. Is like twenty six. It's just confusing people about twenty seven. You know, the Native Americans put up 26, and they're like... All of these like, props are confusing, you know? Well, it's, the dialysis just, one every year, you see it on the radio. It's like, you're going to kill me if you say if you vote no, and you're going to kill me if you vote yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know? so, like, I, I, but I'm with Arash on this one. No more prop commercials. I'm just right? so done. I can't wait. Uh, I just... Uh, I cannot wait until they're Man, I gone. wish 27 would pass, because I really want FanDuel on my phone. <laughs> I want my sports book. Everyone's doing it illegally yeah. anyways. I, I mean, here, yeah, here's the thing with, with that, unfortunately... It's, I, I, I would love, I, I'm with you, Brandon. 
I think that this should totally pass. Everybody's going to be making money regardless, right? Off of this, like, I think either way, like, FanDuel's going to be making money. California will be making money. Like, I think there's still a lot of cookie cutter um, people that are really against gambling and how it ruins lives, and it does. Don't get me wrong. And there's, there's, there's. It's this is the most anybody's ever gambled in my generation specifically is going to be the the highest gambling rate generation in well, the history. Well, that's because you guys live on your phone. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying like, yes, it's dangerous and I get that argument. But at the same time, if people are going to gamble, they're going to find a way to gamble anyways. You know what, the you other, know what I'm saying? The other argument um, for it as well is it's all cyclical. Like I'm not advocating that you become a, a gambling junkie. Yeah. But if you are a gambling junkie, then you can go to rehab well, part for of, that and part whatever. Of, and like I think it's, that whole thing is cyclical. I think for a lot of people, um, you know, it's, it's, we're getting to the point where a lot of fans, we're losing the old style fans. And I think people are mad about that. It's one of those things where uh, there's people that literally just watch games to bet on it. Right. Right. And that, it, I mean, yeah, it, makes, and it, it makes it so much more interesting and it's just going to be who everybody's situation. Right. Uh, and um, at least in my opinion, I, I'm, I, so I, I don't know why it's not going to pass though. There's too many people that are confused by these two bills and it sucks. Um, it actually sucks for most people in the industry because imagine how many more sponsorships we could get in California with FanDuel with like just people in the, in the sports media industry. You know I think unfortunately saying? the, it'll never pass until people can get over the fact that kids will have DraftKings on their uh, on their phone. And I using, think it's, it's always going to be like it's all about the children. So using mommy and daddy's money. Yeah, yeah, and, and their account. I mean, they do it anyways. Happy. Oh, absolutely, and legally or illegally. So, uh, hey, look, I think uh, as a sports show, I think we're all very okay with with twenty seven passing. But I, I get the other side it's of the, the Adam Silver one, rule. What did Adam Silver say years ago? Legalize and regulate sports gambling. He said it years ago. I mean, I feel like that's anything. That's most that things. Could be ruled for anything yeah as long as you regulate it as long like look at look at when they legalize marijuana i know that we don't want to get into this and we'll cut we should cut the this topic short but once they did that money's rolling in yeah and so it's just behooving i, I the wanted states. to i wanted i know we talk about them every day and i'm getting tired of it i wanted to bring up the lakers because i know yesterday on the show i was pretty confident about russ and like oh you know maybe this season works out wide open west and that was contingent upon them playing defense. 139 points they gave up to the Jazz. Yeah. 130 the game before the Jazz. 114 to the Cavs. Yeah. I mean, this this team is going nowhere fast. And I know Darvin Ham just quoted, um, you know, Armand. Thanks, Armand, for sending us this. I saw last night, too. You know, they don't have – they are building they're their spent. roster around – Yeah, three guys, right? It's yeah. not like – unless they trade Russ, who's been their best player so far right now, they're, they're not getting anybody, right? So Ham said, this is the roster we're going to have. And, and when you're looking at it, I think that pride has kind of ruined the Lakers the past couple of years. I think the AD LeBron era – it, it, they're trying to push it a little too far. They did their job. They won a championship. Move on. They're not winning this year. I don't care. Unless they go on like a 15-game win streak, 2-8, and eight, it's hard to get out of that hole. It's hard, and I'm sorry, and I think most Laker fans want to be optimistic about this team. We want to see the greatness of LeBron and Davis, but Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss really need to take a look at each other and be like, you know, obviously we can't trade LeBron. He has his trade clause, no trade clause, but man, I'd be trading Davis for a package of picks right now. 
Yeah, I would. I don't know who's going to make that trade right now. And that's, I was just going to say that's who's going to thing for yeah. uh, the Lakers. And I forgot to introduce our new co-host for today, Alicia Hernandez. Yay! How are you, my friend? <laughs> What's up? I'm just picking in the knowledge here, right? All right, a lot going in. Listen, I mean, tough, uh, tough time for the Lakers. Um, you know, it was a tough, tough time for all LA teams now. Dodgers, except for the Los, <laughs> Los Angeles Football Club. LAFC, oh, LAFC, LAFC. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, I know we're just kind of like bringing you in but the lakers i mean again not that people expected this team to be a championship team they missed out on the playoffs a year ago but really looking like one of the worst teams in the league right now i mean it's one of those things that we don't want to talk about right we always kind of <laughs> say like look the lakers will figure it out the lakers will figure they'll it never out. figure it's it out optimistic thing that laker fans have been saying forever realistically and you know it's kind of like that lingering thing to your point you know the lakers did win a championship back in 2020 but there's still that like, well, did you? You know, and it's like that's the hump that they still have to go over. I think that's why they're extending that AD LeBron era to try to get over that hump. But it's just not working. That the chemistry isn't there. The you just even just things are saying about it, it's just not flowing the way that it needs to. Do you and think that this is like a year-to-year league too? Because like let let's take this into consideration. You can know, can you really truly build this team anymore? No, you can't, right? I because like, they, can. I feel like, look, you you got some of these young guys. They're like the Lakers, not exciting to watch. They're just not. You know, you watch because that's just. what I mean, you sometimes do you could watch them and you'd be like, I'd rather watch paint dry. That's like at I'm this saying. point, I mean, I hate to say it, and I love <laughs> I love the Lakers. I'll I'll die purple, bleeding purple and gold. You know me, I'm die hard. At the end of the day, a lot of Laker fans, Elisa's right, are living in a fantasy. You know, they we've been living in a fantasy ever since the 2020 championship. Like we're gonna win every single year. Yeah, I think you, you guys know? always live in a fantasy that you're well, like the but no we didn't we, no we didn't live in a fantasy for 10 years after kobe took that big contract and then we sucked for 10 years you know he didn't have <laughs> to take that contract rp kobe one of the greatest ever but him taking that contract screwed the lakers for five years and we I, all know that the lakers I, offered him that contract i know yeah, but that, that was an issue I, like, what are you talking I, about? yeah but what are you what are you gonna do not give kobe a, a, a but deal take, okay like but look what tim duncan did and I love Kobe. RIP, great great human being, great superstar, changed the game of basketball, the best Laker arguably of all time. And I don't want to disrespect him. And it wasn't his fault because they offered him that. But what I'm saying is, is Tim Duncan took less money to extend the Spurs greatness, Stop. right? If the shoe were on the other foot, what would you do? You take that bag. Yeah, you but that's not, I'm that saying that it's not money. Kobe's fault. I'm saying Tim it's the Duncan's Lakers' fault. His team was in a different state. Tim yeah. Duncan did not play on one of the worst teams in the league. So his idea was, he didn't want to go somewhere else. He yeah. Tom Brady so, did. And by the way, I mean, like, like what he did for that franchise, it's more like if you want to knock Jeannie Buss, if you want to knock the Lakers, I think that puts them in a position where LeBron wants to come here, big star players want to come here. Yeah. That's why I don't agree with you that they're going to be screwed for the next 10 years. Well, right not now, 10 years like because they always, spot. yeah, they're always good in free agency. What always, I'm saying is, yeah. is if they don't win this title, and Arash, I know you'll agree with me here, if they don't win a title in the next couple of years with LeBron and Anthony Davis, unless they get get a huge free agent splash, which they might, you know, I'm never counting them out for that because it is Los Angeles. It's the bright stars, bright lights, right? Like they do not have picks, right? I mean, they have a pick swap with New Orleans. They're going to have the 25th, 24th overall pick this year, even if they suck, but New Orleans will have their pick, whether it's one, two, three, whatever it is, right? 
it's going to be so hard. If you look at the teams that have won championships over the past four years, besides the Lakers, homegrown, Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Giannis Antetokounmpo, besides the Drew Holiday trade, Chris Middleton, homegrown. You know, they developed Bobby Portis, even though they traded for him into a better player. Uh, you look at the Raptors, besides Kawhi Leonard, homegrown, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, right? So like, the Lakers, will they ever be homegrown? That is the key to dynasties. We're looking at the future of the NBA. Memphis Grizzlies, Denver Nuggets, right, are like the future. I think the the three trio, like build around three players, it never happens. It's never happening again. I feel like you have to have homegrown players that you develop to win championships in the future. Yeah, when you look at what they did, though, they, they tore down a championship team. Yeah. They didn't care about KCP. They didn't care about Caruso. They didn't care about Kuzma. I mean, that was a team that they had to know going into the next year. It was going to struggle to compete. Again, they spent 100 days in Florida. That's why when people want to knock that championship. That was a tough championship. A it is a and they were the best championship. They were the best team in the league they by far. They were the far. best team in the league that year. But then coming into the next year, they were the best team in the league until they got hurt. So it wasn't a, a problem with that team. And then you take a sledgehammer to that roster. You trade away Kuzma. You tra- trade away KCP. Um, Harold, who I thought could have been a even Drummond. player. The whole team. I mean, that was a very good team, and and if they stayed healthy, they win. They they're at least in the finals against, against the Milwaukee, Bucks. and yeah. whoever wins wins. But I mean, like they were a finals team. They were a championship contending team. Well, this team is is currently constructed. They're terrible. They're a terrible. And Arash, team. we talked about this too. They were, and I know Elisa will will know this too. They were the second best defense in the league for the first two weeks of the season. And now they're giving up 139 points, so they have no identity. Arash and I, um, we, we, were, we love the offseason signings because they were obviously limited, constraint. they had constraints with their with you know all of the money they had given to Westbrook, LeBron, and Davis. Troy Brown Jr., good defender, right? Lonnie Walker's been playing well for them. Austin Reeves, you know, who they gave more minutes, has been playing well. The issue is, is that now they're not playing defense. No, okay, they're shooting better. They shot 50% from three last night. But, hey, when you give up 139 points, it's impossible to win a basketball game, they're right? They're not going to. No. They're not going to. How, how shocked are you I mean, that, that it dropped off this bad? I'm very shocked. 139 points? Well, I mean, come on. I mean, Arash, we, we, know, we knew Darvin Ham's um, resume. Defensive coach helped uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo turn into the player he is today. Great player development, right? Um, great defensive coach comes into the Lakers and we're praising him like, oh, this is a great hire. And it is. And a lot of it's on the players. It's not on Darvin Ham a lot of the time. They need to step up and play. Um, but, you know, second overall defensive rating, we're in here talking about even when they were two and five, like, hey, they could go to the finals. And it's true. If you have a top five to 10 defense, you have a chance to go to the finals, regardless of how bad your offense is. And yes, they needed to improve their shooting. Well, they did that. Now, Terrible defensively. I mean, they went from second to seventh, and now they're like 15th in defensive rating off giving 139 points. Ridiculous. I mean, they're spiraling out of control. They have no identity. Do you guys still think... Do you, I feel like you guys are saying that the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Like, it, it, <laughs> there's still more time left in the season. No one changes the sky is falling to the sky is blue more than Brandon. <laughs> and I'm fine with that because I went on... Listen, Brandon said hey, I'm that a the product are, of my generation. I love it. Brandon said that they're going to beat the Jazz, and then they lose and he said the season's over and i get it listen the thing that i've been consistent about with this team is that they are not a championship contending team they're not even really a playoff team i think that they are a 
a play-in team, um, they have to make that trade. And I think with the way that, that they were playing for a couple of games, I was happy because at least it helped their their trade value. Oh, yeah, because Russ Russell is now Westbrook great. Russell can't be here long-term, and I'm, I'm happy the way he's playing. But I, 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 really? I don't think it's it's more than just the stats. It's more than just the numbers. I, I don't yeah. think he wants to be here. I think he's well, playing well. Let me give but, you a situation. Yeah. What happens at the end of the year? If LeBron changes his mind, you trade LeBron and Davis for picks and build around Russell like, Westbrook. Who's, like, who's trading? I mean, LeBron's at the end of his career. He's okay, but Cleveland would might give you, like, a couple guys for them and picks. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I would be very curious what package I could get back for a player who's about to retire. You know, and Anthony I mean, Davis is in his prime. And I know, yeah. yeah, he hasn't stepped up to the plate offensively, shooting terribly. He's not having a good year offensively. But he's still a top five defender in the NBA. Yeah. So you can get a package for him. The problem is you're going to have to break that relationship with Clutch. You know what I'm saying? I think what Clutch enables you to do, however, um, is have that pipeline. By the way, wait, we didn't even talk about this. THT, THT dunking on them last night, THT. flexing on them. All of a sudden, looking like, uh, you know, he's on Slim Fast. He's looking pretty good out there. He, he got rid of the jack in the box, Arash, what like you said. trade. You know, that, that had the potential of being a good trade. But if Pat Bev's, you know, if, if he's done, if he's, if he's whatever he is, and by the way, he's not going to be a great player, but... What the heck? He's not even playing, Brandon. I mean, I think that's on Darvin Ham. I think you got to just keep rolling Beverly out there. I know he's looked terrible, but I mean, you want to be a good defense. Well, what's his issue right now? He's hurt or he's like not. I mean, he's kind of hurt. He's kind of. And, and you know, we have Laker fans on Twitter, by the way, and it's like the delusional ones. You have the realistic they're ones, and then they're de- no, they're not. We're not all delusional. <laughs> Me and you are quite realistic. Exactly. Um, but there's a couple that are like, can't judge this team till Thomas Bryan and Dennis Schroeder are back. It's like, like, what are you really? talking about? Those yeah. guys are role players. That's like saying you're the Memphis. Grizzlies, and you're like, oh, uh, your two rookies, David, or three rookies, David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, and Kennedy Chandler are hurt, and you're like four and eight, and you have John Moran and Desmond Bain that you build your team around. You're like, oh, can't judge this team till our three rookies come in and play five minutes a game. Like, wh- come on, man. Like, I, I, look, I want this team to be better. We all do. Yeah. But let's be real. Yes, they had a tough schedule. They will win more games. They are in games because of Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. Yeah. At the same time, now you see the team, the other team in L.A., who they're going to be playing tomorrow night, beat arguably the best team in the league without Kawhi Leonard. You and uh, Grant Mona will be at that game. Do yep. you guys have a wager on that game? Maybe no. Uh, are you kidding me? The Lakers haven't beaten the Clippers in like three years. <laughs> No way I'm betting on the Lakers to win that game. Wait, so then just bet on the Clippers to win. Well, but he's Take not gonna be, he's gonna bet on the Clippers too, so it's not a bet between us. <laughs> and we guys, yeah, we have to think of something. And by the way, so that that is a Clippers home game. The the first time that they played it was a Lakers home game. You know, they changed the court and things like that. Um so what do we do with the Lakers? What would you do? Would you ride this out? I don't think you can get a, a, I think you still need a superstar. You're in Los Angeles. You, you can't go the route of we're going to trade LeBron, we're going to trade AD. I don't think that they could do that. What What would you do? They need a bigger, they need another splash. That's the thing. We talked about this before where LA fans are just spoiled. You're just spoiled. Like, you know, just like looking at the Dodgers, you know, you have all these big hits. Now they're like, what about Aaron Judge? That would be the final piece. And it's like, what? <laughs> what? Hey, how about how about pitching? Right? Pitching. Exactly. <laughs> they have right? the lineup. It's like, look, how about we like look at what we really need? So you kind of put that same light on the Lakers, and it's like they want like, okay, we got LeBron, we got AD, we got, but now we need somebody else. And it's like they want to take the big stars because that's just what we've done. That's what our history shows that we have done. You know what I mean? We got Shaq. 
we got big guys. Obviously, we kept Kobe. And so you got to think, like, you want to find those Paul Gasol guys to come back and kind of revitalize this team, put that new blood in it. And you thought Russ and these key guys were going to go and do that, but it fizzled out. And now it's like you're kind of stuck with what you gambled on, yeah. which is the first time I feel like the Lakers lost on a gamble, realistically, based on the history of, like, this entire franchise. They've always won out on their gambling. This time it's not playing out as quickly. That instant gratification is not there. And the thing about the Lakers, very much like the USC days when we were not good. And it was like, well, let's just beat UCLA. Well, let's just beat the Clippers. You know what I mean? Like that, like their little goals that Laker fans att- like attain to. Yeah. And then if it doesn't happen, then they're like, whatever, we're still better than you guys. It's like, are we? Like, look, like the, the tide is starting to change. And look, there's this new stadium that's uh, getting built a little down the street. And let me tell you, when that's, nice. when that's built and the fans are going and they're winning, it's going to be a whole different thing. Because the Clippers winning at Staples Center does nothing. It does nothing. They yeah. could win. When Lob City was happening, they they had they had banners all over this. It don't matter. You're not winning in that house. You're never going to surpass what has been done in that house. So... You kind of tie that in to what's happening now, and it's that the Lakers don't figure it out. Yes, they sold the rights. Yes, they're revitalizing Staples Center because they're trying to compete with Intuity Dome down the street yeah. from here. Yeah. But you now you're going to have to compete with what you're putting out on the floor, and the Lakers need to do a better job of figuring out what that's going to look like. Yeah, I mean, th- here's the thing. At the, the end of the day, Steve Ballmer is going to spend what he has to spend, and, and what he's worth is, uh, again, there's no one even in his hemisphere in terms of, like, net worth. So, um, listen, there is a cap in place, but, you know, what they're doing, $2 billion new stadium in, you know, across the street from SoFi, so... He's be, worth $74 yeah. Billion. Yeah. so I think so. he has enough money. He's good. He can, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I remember <laughs> when, nice. he, when he bought the Clippers for $2 billion, they're like, oh my God, that's so much money. And now the Clippers are worth like twice that, and, you know, so... All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Dave Smith when we return on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now, in a city where time disappears. We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. 
Welcome back to the Rashmore Kanzi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. All the way out to New Orleans to join our good friend, the sports god, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> Dave, one of my favorite big event towns. I mean, no one does a big event like New Orleans, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's the Final Four. You just uh, fly in there, you check into your hotel, and you walk everywhere. Yep. What is the atmosphere like? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic, especially on a Monday night football night. I mean, yeah. the fans, uh, everybody's tailgating, everybody's uh, filling up the stores, buying booze, and uh, and actually was able to walk to the game. So it was fantastic uh, walking through town here. I know, uh, and uh, uh, things that, you know, New Orleans is number one murder rate in the United States. So I had my head on a swivel the whole time, but walking around was a lot of fun. All right, Dave, I wanted to ask you this. I asked the same question to Fernando yesterday. Five dark horse teams to win the Super Bowl, not named the Bills. We'll keep the Bills in there until we know more about Josh Allen's arm. Obviously, if he gets Tommy John surgery or whatever and is out for the season, they're screwed. They have 0% chance. But let's say the Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, you can't include those three teams. Who are the five dark horse teams to go to the Super Bowl? Oh, I would say 49ers, number one, because I, I think right now the 49ers are better than the Eagles when you look at the roster. I'm not sold on this Eagles team. I don't know about you guys, but you look at their schedule. They've had six gimmies on there, and they're playing the Commanders this week. They played an incredibly weak schedule, so I'm not quite sold on them yet. And with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, uh, I, I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFC right now, but I have reservations. You know, I don't like the coach, Shanahan, and uh, hopefully Jimmy G can just manage the game and not make mistakes but I like this 49ers team. You got to love it. Now, tell me, ask, I want to ask you about the Rams. Are they, are they finished after that blown lead against the Bucks? I think so at three and five. It's going to be awfully tough now. And, uh, you know, Ross and, and guys, we talk about this all the time. I'm a clock management nut. If you listen to my shows on the radio and, and if you follow me on Twitter and the mistake coaches always make and they never, ever learn. The Rams have the ball with about a minute and a half left, uh, two timeouts, <laughs> two timeouts left for the opponent. And the coaches always make the same mistake. The, the objective has to be getting a first down there, but coaches always think that one the ball three times in a row and making them use their timeouts is good strategy. It's not. You can't give them the ball again. You should go play action and throw on first or second down and catch them by surprise. The objective has to be getting a first down, not making the other team use their timeouts. And it always comes back to bite them. And I don't care that he's 45. I don't care that he struggled a little bit this year. If you give Tom Brady extra chances, he's going to go Tom Brady on you. And he drove him right down the field, and then Tampa Bay won the game. It's just uh, it's unbelievable. And Sean McVay and other coaches still continue to make that same mistake. Well, they see that happens, Aaron Rodgers. They're just like, oh, well, maybe if, maybe Tom Brady's down that same decline. It's like, no, you can't give him more than two chances. But I do want to bring up yes. the quarterback that you watched on Monday night, Lamar Jackson. He passed Steve Young for fifth most career rushing yards by a QB in NFL history. He's been having one of those years, but do you see him really pushing this team in the playoffs? Um, well, that's so far, that's been the one area. He's won the MVP. He's had a really good young career so far. He hasn't been able to get over the hump and get a team into the playoffs. And I think the biggest reason why 
as, as you saw last night, he's a great athlete and an outstanding quarterback. He's not a great thrower from the pocket. So when you're playing really good teams in the playoffs, and they watch a lot of film, and the strategy is not to sack him. The strategy is to contain him, kind of put a fence around him and rush under control and turn him into a pocket passer. That's the way to beat Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. But isn't it interesting that they haven't given him that contract he wants yet? The Deshaun Watson type contract, the Russell Wilson type contract, the, uh, the, the the huge guaranteed money deal is taking so long and they just won't pull the trigger. And I'm wondering what's taking the Ravens so long. Well, you know, they say that running backs don't have a long shelf life in the NFL and I feel like Lamar Jackson tends to put his body through a lot. He ironically <laughs> signed that sign that says pay me now from the fan, which he claims he didn't know what the sign said before he signed it. Yeah, sure. Um, but, you know, you talk about the defensive side. You gave a lot of praise to the 49ers. When you look at the Ravens defense, could they help Lamar get yep. over that hump by if he just, like you said, like Jimmy G, managed the game the right way? Well, absolutely. Their defense is good. I, I like the coach and John Harbaugh. Um, I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I think Alasha, he'll remember, um, you know, when he came out in the draft, I said he should be the first quarterback taken. He was my favorite quarterback in the draft. So I've always been a big, big fan of history. Absolutely, I think this team can get to the Super Bowl, um, especially if Lamar Jackson gets to the outside and he's making plays with his legs. But the problem in the playoffs has been um, getting into the pocket, sitting back and making good decisions because he's not a good as good a thrower as he is an athlete. Yeah, and Dave, another another team, LA team, the Chargers. They play the 49ers this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Herbert, I mentioned this to Fernando yesterday. I don't know if it's Brandon Staley's coaching, lack of weapons or whatnot, but Herbert hasn't looked like himself. What do you expect him to do? against a really dominant 49ers defense that's really had one bad game against the Chiefs all year. It's possible that he could carve them up like Patrick Mahomes, but do you expect him to have another, you know, one touchdown, one interception, Austin Eckler gets like two touchdowns, you know, type of game, or is he going to go off and, you know, throw for three touchdowns against his 49ers defense? Well, I hope he does struggle because you and I being 49ers fans, I think we're on the same page here, but it's going to be tough for him. I don't like Brandon Staley as a coach, and uh, I love this 49ers defense. I think it's going to be tough sledding for for Justin Herbert coming up, and the 49ers are going to get another win. Love to see it. All right, now let me ask you about the Lakers, Dave. We talked about how their defense would be better, right? Now, 139 points to the Jazz given up. You know, 130 again to the Jazz, the game, the two games before. 114 to the Cavs. LeBron has played terrible, 21% from three. Russ has played great. Davis, you know, and still offensively not where he wants to be. I mean, the team can't play defense all of a sudden. That was their, their identity. That was their key to get into the playoffs, Dave. What's going on? How can they fix it? Yeah, I think, well, number one, they're too old to probably play, be a good defensive team, and uh, uh, the roster's terrible. And I know Rob Palenka takes a lot of heat for this, but to me, I'm giving Palenka a break here. I, to me, this is the first time he's really had the authority to make personnel decisions. So I think uh, he's got to be held accountable from this season on, but the roster construction is all because of LeBron and Clutch, because they're the ones who made the bad trades and put that roster together. And it's interesting you brought up Westbrook. <laughs> How many times have we talked on this show where I think the, the solution is getting him out of the starting lineup and making him the second unit point guard so he doesn't have to be out there with LeBron because they're oil and water. Nobody listens to me. Look, look, look how much better he's played now that he's come off the bench. This has been the best Russell Westbrook we've seen in a Lakers uniform. 
Yeah, no, Dave, I, I couldn't agree with you more. But, but not benching him, but putting him in that second unit is obviously leaps and bounds better than starting that kid. Yeah. Um, I want to switch over to college basketball. It's my favorite time of the year, Dave. Um, college basketball has officially begun, and we're already seeing upsets in USC versus Florida Gulf Coast University. I get it. This was Andy's former team but this is a brand new coach in right. florida gulf coast university they can hit it from the, they can hit it from wide ranges um so i know that that's one of the reasons that they they couldn't defend that shot but um who do you see winning the pac-12 and do you think that usc can maybe pull out from under this well i kind of like my oregon ducks in the pac-12 uh, uh with usc and ucla probably coming up right behind him so um i, I would go oregon um Oregon, UCLA, USC is my top three. And, but, you know, the, the upsets this really, the college basketball regular season is probably the most irrelevant regular season in all of sports here because they take 60, what, eight teams to the tournament now. So, and you know, the best teams in the country, it's, it's pretty much just uh, practice games and games that mean nothing because they're all going to make the tournament anyway. So, they're, they're, to me, in my opinion, there's too many teams in the tournament and the regular season is completely irrelevant. Yeah, and Dave, I now wanted to ask you about the Clippers. They beat the Cavaliers, who were 8-1 and one before last night. Paul George, they've been relying on him a lot. He came through again. They should call him Jesus Christ, by the way. He's their savior. I mean, literally, it's like no one else can play basketball on that team half the time. And Paul George comes out, you know, pulls out 40 points out of his back pocket, and all of a sudden they're in the game, right? I mean, defensively, we know they're good. The Clippers are 30th. An offensive rating last worse than the Lakers last, but they found a way to beat the Cavs. What's your outlook uh, for them without Kawhi Leonard for the foreseeable future? Uh, not not good. They're going nowhere without Kawhi Leonard. Um, it's just because what, he's one of the best players in the NBA, top five, and one of the best two way players in the NBA, even at thirty one. But the guy, uh, wow, as he ages, he's just never on the court anymore with all the injuries. And now well, he he's missed what now eight games in a row. And he had a year off from the ACL tear, and he was supposed to be back at full strength this year. Now, now who knows? <laughs> who knows how much he's going to play this year? So without him, the Clippers' chances are about zero. So how would you rate that? Like, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but you have Kawhi, who's been out for a while. Now, to me, he's just like a businessman. Like, wait, way to clean that up. He's Steve Nash, the Clippers, pretty much. <laughs> but how would you say that that has really played out with this team? And what does his absent mean for their playoff hopes, for their potential to run for a title? Uh, again, uh, zero chance to have any uh, make any deep run in the playoffs or ha have any chance at winning a championship without Kawhi Leonard out there, of course, because he's he's such a good player. So yeah, uh, without him, zero. And it's concerning that he would go through the knee surgery and take an entire year off. And and didn't they say at the time that it wasn't a complete ACL tear? It was only a partial tear, and it wasn't going to be all that serious. So this is concerning that over a year later he still can't get on the court. Yeah, I mean, you see other players bounce back from injury. And I think one of the biggest things when you look at the Lakers side, their crosstown rivals there, with AD, it's like he's been playing well, he's been struggling, but the injury is there as well. What do you see with the difference between those two guys and one kind of being willing to be on the floor despite the injury causing and the other guy that's kind of playing more conservatively? 
Well, I think the big difference between the two is AD is soft. He's always been soft. He, he misses, what, 20, 25 uh, uh, games a year. He doesn't really like the physical contact under there, while Kawhi is pretty much totally the opposite. But, you know, um, uh, how, how valuable is a guy if he can't be on the court and he can't play? I think that's the that's been the similarity so far between these two. Yeah, and Dave, man, the Dodgers, right? Okay, what are they going to do this offseason to get better? Let's switch gears here. What are they going to do? People say Aaron Judge is going to fix their problems. Elisa said it earlier. They need to prioritize pitching, right, Dave? I mean, yeah. they had so many injuries. Bueller's not going to pitch all year. He's got TJ, right? Like, you don't know what's going to happen with Kershaw. Are they going to re-sign him, you know? And then Dustin May, you're going to rely on him to be your two. I mean, what do they do here, Dave? What should they prioritize? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't think Aaron George uh, Aaron George that Aaron Judge would be a priority here. Uh, absolutely, I think with you the, the bullpen and maybe a little bit more starting pitching. But I think the biggest problem with the Dodgers is uh, <laughs> the the fact that Dave Roberts takes a lot of criticism and rightfully so, but he doesn't make a lot of those decisions. You know, the guys up in the uh, the guys up in the booth, you know, with the Harvard degrees and the acne and the uh, pocket protectors uh, and, and you know the glasses with the with the tape in the middle. Those guys who are texting him during games and telling him what moves to make and telling him uh, what starting lineups he needs. I, I think that's a big problem with the Dodgers. These guys who have never been on a baseball field in their lives telling the manager what to do the entire game, especially in the postseason. That's one of the biggest things that has crippled the Dodgers the last couple of years. Their Achilles heel is always their bullpen. It's always the arms that just fizzle out in the postseason. We saw that because it really came down to you just had Julio Urias. That was it. That's kind of all you had as Kershaw didn't do very well. Tony Gonson didn't do very well. You didn't have Dustin May. You don't have Bueller. They kind of always run out of gas right when you need them to like to do their best and then their offense doesn't kind of come up. So I know that you said that offense is not their bats is not the concern. The pitching is the concern. So the biggest, if you had to name one guy that you let go, who would that be from the Dodgers pitching rotation? Oh, wow. Um, well, I don't know about letting go, but I want to know what you guys think about this. I've had a theory over the years. What would you think about converting uh, Clayton Kershaw into a closer that, that he's into his thirties now? He has such great stuff and such good control. You know, he always misses uh, several starts a year with injury, and we all know his his postseason record where he kind of blows up and he isn't any good in the postseason. I've always thought he'd make a great closer the way he throws hard and has great stuff and with that slider. Uh, I think it might be time to convert him into that closer role, and that would solve a lot of bullpen problems. Yeah, Dave, that's a great point. I know they tried to do that with David Price. Obviously, it wasn't a great signing. Price was washed. You know, he didn't really have much in his arm left. I mean, a former Cy Young, by the way, great career, but for the Dodgers, not a great time, especially, you know, he took the COVID year off uh, as well. Um, but I agree, Dave. Clayton Kershaw, the issue I have here is the velocity sustainable? How his slider is 87 and his fastball is 90 is crazy to me. His fastball should be 94, right? Maybe if you put him in the pen, the fastball's back to 94, 95. And with his dominant curve, his great slider, I mean, that could be a blessing and a disguise for the Dodgers. You bring him back on maybe a $10 million contract. A lefty closer, man, those are tough to find. Brad Hand, they well, thought was the second coming of Jesus, but he's been terrible for the for the, for the the Guardians. And then now he plays for, what, the Phillies? He didn't really do much in the series. Uh, if he even pitched, I can't even remember. See, he's not even a memorable guy. I can't even remember him. The World Series like three days ago, right? So a lefty closer, Clayton Kershaw, I like it. But then look at the starters, Dave. Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May, 
uh, who knows if they re-sign Tyler Anderson? What are you are you banking on bringing up Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, rookies, and turning them into the next stars? Or maybe the free agent class. Maybe they can sign somebody that way. Carlos look Rodon. At, look at, yeah, look at John Smoltz and Dennis Eckersley, um, <laughs> converted starters that became great. Quote Eckersley, you know, arguably the greatest closer ever, maybe second behind Mariano Rivera. But yeah, Eckersley was a starter who pitched a no hitter, and I think he won a Cy Young one year, if I'm not mistaken. And John Smoltz was a great starter, converted to closers, and were just as dominant, if not better, in that role. So there's precedent for this. All right, now let me ask you this. Angels, what do they do? We know they're a mess. They're the Lakers of the MLB right now. They're an embarrassment. They have great players and can't win. At least the Lakers won a title a couple of years ago. The Angels haven't made the playoffs in who knows how long. What is it, 10 years now? I was at that last playoff game they lost, by the way. It was just heartbreaking. And a Royals fan tried to beat me up, and I was 14 at the time. So I forever hate Royals fans. Uh, you know, go back to Kansas City. None to do there anyways. Uh, but <laughs> no offense to Kansas City. But, uh, Dave, what do the Angels what is the Angel? What do the Angels do now, right? They have Trout. They say they're not trading Otani. We know what they should do probably rebuild and trade trout no tawny but they're going to keep them pride just like the lakers they're not going to trade davis and lebron right so what do they do here who do they pick up well I, I think what needs to happen most of all is the curse of the sports god gets lifted that i put on them in 2009 <laughs> that has crippled the franchise i knew my curses were strong but it's unbelievable what i've done to that franchise here but i think the, the greatest thing they could do is Artie Moreno selling the team because he's been an absolute disaster. So I, I think him selling the team and replacing everybody in the front office and replacing everybody in that organization starting from scratch with a new owner, I think that's the single best thing they can do. In that case, I would keep Trout and Otani if new ownership's coming in. I would keep my two best players. Yeah. Uh, Dave, USC playing uh, on Friday night, a unique Friday night game against Colorado. Dave, this is one of the issues with the, the uh, Pac-12. I mean, you are going to have a situation where I think the Pac-12 champion will have just one loss. And, like, I don't know if they can sniff the uh, playoff, Dave. So, to talk about it. Your, your, your Ducks have a chance to, to – I think they will play – probably the winner of the USC-UCLA game. Will a Pac-12 team sneak into the college football playoff? You know, Ross, we talked about this last week, and I said I, I don't think I can't see any way, and I don't think a one-loss Pac-12 team can get in. But, you know, with Clemson and Alabama and um, Tennessee all losing, that was a great day for the Pac-12 oh, yeah. last Saturday. So, boy, Oregon, now, now the question is, if Oregon wins out, uh, the lowest they're going to be ranked is five. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee. Now, if it comes down to Tennessee or Oregon uh, or Tennessee or USC for that last playoff spot, who gets in? Because Tennessee's not even going to make the SEC championship game. So, do you take a team that's plays in a much better conference and played a better schedule, like Tennessee, but didn't get to their conference championship game, or do you take a conference champion winner? Like, so what do you think, Ross? If USC, Oregon, and Tennessee all have one loss fighting for that fourth spot, which one gets in? you got to go with the Pac-12 team. I, I would imagine the Pac-12 champion, but I'm, but I'm not really sure where they would go. I mean, listen, if the Ducks' sole loss would be to Georgia, I mean, that's, that's the best quality loss if you want to talk about that. USC losing to Utah, I mean, I, I think that'll just go down as a – a bad loss, um, but yeah, Dave. I, I, I like. I think. I think if your Ducks win now, they're going to find a way to sneak in. 
I hope so. I didn't think a week or two ago they had any chance at all, but I think they're right in the mix now, especially if they get the – I don't think TCU is going to go undefeated. No, uh, so I, I think They're going to get a loss along the way. So that's going to put Oregon and Tennessee and USC – fighting for that last spot, assuming they are, you know, one of them wins out. So it's get and, and what about the uh, Michigan, Ohio state oh, loser? Yeah. Uh, are they out now, now? That might open the spot for Oregon. As well. What if, uh, what if Michigan and Ohio state play a triple <laughs> overtime game yeah, and right. by one point? Yeah. Do they both, do they both get in? I, I would hope not. Listen, I, I want a little bit of change when we get to the playoffs, but you know, the problem with USC is just the way that they are playing in these games. Yes. They're winning these games, but they beat, Cal by a touchdown. I mean, none of their victories have been that impressive. They found a way to win. They got to start putting together some impressive wins, and it really starts Friday night against the Colorado Buffaloes. Dave, you're the best. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we worry brothers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.